0: This is the Conscious Economics Podcast. Your co-hosts are two women who found themselves in careers on Bay Street, but decided that there was something missing. So, here we are. I'm Rhiannon Roseland. I'm your co-host and the CEO of the Economic Club of Canada. I'm also the co-founder of Conscious Economics.
1: Hi, I'm Asil, the CEO of Conscious Economics and a financial therapist.
0: Now, we call ourselves economic healers, and that is a term that I'm sure nobody has heard before, but we really believe that if we want to heal our systems and create a more equitable society, it starts with actually healing our relationship with money and the economy. When you join us
1: on this podcast, you'll be exposed to courageous conversations that help us examine, heal, and redefine the relationship we have with money. Join us on this journey as we co-create a new economy together.
0: Hello, this is another episode of the Conscious Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon. And I'm your host,
1: seal, and we are here today to talk about money
0: avoidance
1: and full disclaimer. This is a very uncomfortable topic. Well, not just specifically money avoidance, but anything related to money really is uncomfortable. So let's just call it out.
0: Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And I will full disclosure, I just cried before starting this episode. I had to literally be convinced that I belong here and that it's okay that we sit and talk because I've really struggled with financial avoidance. I know I've mentioned on the show before that I have a lot of trauma associated with money. My family of origin, really struggled with money. There was a lot of factors. And so this gives me anxiety talking about this. So sweet. Um, If you are feeling that at home as well, uh, please know that I stand in solidarity with you. But it is so important that we actually look in the dark shadows of our closets and cupboards and kind of see what's in there, the skeleton, so that they can be less scary. So I am going to briefly step into this with you, Aseel. Obviously, I love and trust you and you're my my favorite financial therapist so let's talk about this and um, and see where it goes I'm ready
1: I'm ready to go there with you and just because I'm a financial therapist doesn't mean this is not uh, comfortable for me either it, it is really uncomfortable because money continues to be complex Because of the taboo it is, but also all these uh, projections and meanings that we've attributed to it. And I just wanted to share with you a study here uh, that I found really interesting because you may think that um, it's when you have emotional distress and you're stressed and you're feeling anxious, then you tend to avoid money or avoid thinking about money. When in reality, it's the exact opposite. Like there's study to show that a higher financial avoidance is associated with higher depression, anxiety and stress. And it's more so that uh, you your conflicts around money um, start arising because of your avoidance, not the other way around. Because totally. you may think it's the other way around. Like you may think it's because I avoid money that I feel a certain way. Yeah. When in reality, I feel a certain way because I avoid money. It's so
0: interesting that you say that. And obviously, for me, like I've been a very successful business owner for a long time, and so this was really shameful for me to admit because on the outside you know, I I had it all going, I had it all, I was running the, I I run the Economic Club of Canada. Um, So it's a very, very strange thing to kind of out myself around, but Mm. I wanna do this because this is all part of the conscious economics movement that we can actually understand that whether we're kind of struggling on the poverty line or we're someone that's perceived as being very wealthy, the money problems and the money issues exist amongst us all. And it's really a part of our whole entire way that our society has been constructed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to kind of break this down. So tell me, what how do we define financial avoidance or, or who is impacted most by financial avoidance? Sure. So to bring light to this conversation, I want to reference Brad and Ted
1: Klontz who came up with Money Scripts and they were one of the first pioneers of financial therapy right after 2008 crash when gaps in the market were very much identified because of the psychological turmoil that people were in as a result of the stock market crash and the lack of professionals who had interdisciplinary uh, trainings that have a financial background, but also have psychological tools to support, to guide, to, to mm-hmm. really help people heal how, how they feel about certain things. So that's where financial therapy was born. Um, and they came up with Money screen which are there's four of them and today we're going to dive into money avoidance and we'll definitely dedicate future episodes to the th- three other ones uh the money scripts are unconscious beliefs that you have around own money and it's really important to highlight this word unconscious because we really are very much unaware that we even have them mm. And what's important to know as well is that they are learned in childhood. They are definitely um, passed on from one generation to the other. So there's definitely a cultural component as well as a societal component to these particular beliefs. And they are very much responsible for our financial outcomes because we make important decisions with our money because of these beliefs that we hold and by outcomes I'm referring to not just your net worth and your income but also your behaviors and what you do with money so like I said they're very much unconscious and let me just walk through the different um, subcategories under financial avoidance Firstly, when people score a score uh, high on this particular area, that means they have a belief that money is bad. Mm. They have a belief that they do not deserve money. Um, They sabotage their own financial success and they are their own worst enemy. So they have a very negative idea about wealth and what having money represents and that's what sabotaging their success is all about so they may frequently give away money uh, even if they're doing so unconsciously so there's more to say about this topic but let's just they talk may about frequently it
0: frequently give away money is that what you yes think?
1: they frequently give away money oh yeah whether okay. they're doing it as a form of a gift or a donation or sometimes the way i've seen it show up for my clients is some of my clients would fall Uh, victims of fraud or fall into like a random car accident or something like that where big lumps of money were just going out of their life when uh, when, whenever money uh, you know entered their life unexpectedly and I actually found that pattern for me Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just sort of reflecting on every single time I got a promotion or a raise or any form of unexpected money that entered my life almost always it was followed within the first week or two of that Um, unexpected surplus I had scenarios where that money also disappeared what I twice I got robbed once I got into a car accident and once I can't remember what it was but the money just also left and and I was able to identify that pattern
0: it's so interesting because I uh, well first of all when you say it's unconscious it was so unconscious for me I never ever even thought about the fact of, of what I was doing mm-hmm. but and I wonder what the stats are around entrepreneurs we'll have to look and put it in the show notes because it's really interesting when you're running a business mm-hmm. you're constantly having to look at money and and you know are we going to make payroll are we going to make our rent are we are we bringing in our targets for each month and I had a bookkeeper that was working with me for many many years and she would take a lot of time to prepare what she called the state of the union. And she would give me this state of the union, which was like everything that's coming in, everything that's coming out, what's our financial position. And I would never look at it. And the reason why was because if I looked at it and I had to feel the pressure of what work I had to do in order to keep things going, or even if it was going well, it was like, well, how do I keep that up? Mm. Or if it's not going well, I, I don't need to look at this depressing thing. I just need to get out there and, you know, go, you know, close more deals, bring more sales, run more events. So I just got to this point where I was like, it's it's psychologically more damaging for me to look. I'd rather keep myself in this blissful ignorance, even though I feel very much the reality of like this comes due at this time yes. and and all of these things. But this is really what I was doing for, for quite a long time. And you know, the first time in my life that I've really opened up my financial situation to anyone because being a solo entrepreneur, you could kind of hide behind that. Like, well, I'm the boss. It's only for me to know, um, has been with you as we start to, you know, lead and grow this organization together. And like just yesterday we were sitting and having a very hard financial discussion and like you held my hand and, and you were like, I'm here with you. And it's, it's so wild how hard these things are. Like they really are. I'm obviously crying for those of you that, that can't see us right now, but this is so real.
1: I just need to take a pause and take a deep breath. Uh, Acknowledging how hard this is. Absolutely. Um, and just to go back to something we, we referenced earlier in the session, we, we, we talked about how because of how hard it is that we avoid it when in reality avoiding it makes it even harder. And that's the irony of the situation. So yeah. a lot of us feel that um, we're scared to look into the areas that we associate trauma and, and hard emotions around. But sometimes, you know, looking at it is what actually helps it become less of the monster it is and I noticed that in my clients in my experience as a financial planner it's the not knowing that kills people Uh, and sometimes even if your situation is bad at least knowing how bad it is and having the ability to assess it takes away from this unknown monstrous feelings that you may feel as a result of you avoiding the topic and and the way this impacts people is not just how they behave with money but it can also impact the choice of occupation that people choose for themselves so it's interesting that you mentioned entrepreneurship but another way this shows up is the the um helping professions so people who go into social work psychotherapy teaching um firefighters policemen any helping profession these people tend to have the highest rates of money avoidance wow that's so
0: interesting I I wonder why that is that's um again I I can definitely root back and think back to my upbringing and my childhood and obviously we were growing up in a low income situation and there was so much trauma wrapped around money because money was the source of all of the fighting source of all of the addiction in my Mm -hmm. household literally the reason why my mom would be like hit like so it was it for me I always felt like I want to be successful and society deems being financially successful as like that milestone that we want to reach and so when I was reaching those financial successful milestones I was feeling like I wanted to gift it and give it all away yeah And so I was in these huge cycles of taking on another huge like charitable endeavor or whatever else or just continuously letting whatever was flowing in kind of flow back out. And when I started to root down into my belief or my money script, I realized that I have this kind of script that I'm running that is still down there where it's like poor people are good people that are hardworking people and rich people are greedy and taking advantage. And and I know that that's not a blanket truth statement. and and it, but it was interesting that that was down there. and it was making me do these things that I thought were out of my own like generosity and love and compassion, which, I am all of those things, but there was something really stuck inside of me mm-hmm. that was causing me to use these patterns. Yeah,
1: I encourage people whenever they're inclined to do a donation or an act of kindness to reflect on the motives behind it, because there's always these uh, layers to these acts of generous. Generosities and uh, understanding these layers help us understand if we're truly coming from that space of abundance and inspiration, where we're overflowing, and we want to just share our like abundance with people, or is it coming from a space of lack that we feel that we're le- not worthy, and we simply want to, um, you know, make ourselves feel better, and that's why we we donated or you know volunteered or did whatever. But the other thing I want to mention to you, going back to what you were saying. You, you briefly touched upon how money was handled in your household and the violence around it, the trauma around it, all these different behaviors that that surfaced. So as a child, no wonder you, you had these associations that money is violence, money is unsafe, money is um, is a source of stress and trauma and, and drama. Um, so it's no wonder that if these associations were created in your mind that you're acting from that space where you want to give it away because it's a source of all that. So for us to address it, we need to visit that association, that meaning you've attributed money to be and start re-re-re- creating new belief systems that serve you now that you're able to identify that these belief systems no longer serve me Mm -hmm. first we have to make peace with that because on its own it's important to understand that what you're able to identify today as a problem was at one point in your life a solution these were all coping mechanisms, and and in gestalt therapy the therapy i'm being trained in we call it creative adjustments Mm -hmm. so you creatively have to adjust to your circumstances and act in whichever way way you you deem to be appropriate in that moment for your own survival yeah so if at one point in your life avoiding looking at money and addressing money and even acknowledging that area meant your own survival then that's what you had to do
0: yeah for sure it's it's um it's fascinating really and I of course, have spoken to so many people within the financial industry over the years, and people that are, you know, running the the whole system, um, especially here in Canada. And one of the things that I know is really common is when people are getting statements, um, statements on their accounts, statements mm-hmm. on their investments. Like this is your investments, like the things that you are working towards doing, and they don't open their statements at all. They mm-hmm. just literally throw them in the, you know, or shove them in a drawer, or say I'll look at it after. And when I reflect on how we, you know, in childhood, we sort of learn our foundational behavior around some of these things. I never really saw, like, my family sitting down on a certain day and, like, we're going to go through things or we're going to organize or we're going to put a budget together or any of these things. It was very much like money hidden in the mattress, you know, in between the mattress. Money always hidden. Money always, you know, uh, not talked about. Or if you got some money, hide it because someone's going to take it from you. Or it was all these sorts of pieces. And mm-hmm. in working all across the country with youth all around financial literacy, I understand all the mechanics of finance very well. I I get it and I can teach people those things, but it doesn't mean that we don't still have these patterns of behavior that are actually running the show. And so for any of you that are listening out there that actually like just reflect on it do you do you open your statements do you look at your accounts do you have a time or a space where you are sitting down and actually taking a check into what your financial situation is and and just getting that part of your life in order and it's so true that it adds so much more stress when we avoid it but we think that avoiding it is going to make it go away and it just only makes it worse yeah
1: well this is a great segue to start talking about some tips for people who struggle with money avoidance on how what is uh, are some of the little techniques and hacks that you can start implementing in your life to help you overcome this particular barrier and and the first and foremost I really want to reinforce how important it is for us to be compassionate with ourselves as we go on this journey if we are committed to heal the relationship we have with money it's important that we understand that it, it is a complex journey like connected to so many layers of our identity of our like historical um tra- intergenerational trauma of societal complexities that we've we've you know been raised around so there's so much to this topic and this is what this podcast is every single um episode we peel the onion right and there's so many layers so please understand that this is a really you know a, a journey that requires your dedication but also practice self-compassion as you recognize that you've not been honoring this area in your life the way you would like to so one of the tips I have like you said is creating money dates and money dates in my opinion is not just a time where you just sit there and and commit to opening that statement or looking at your bank account or even having a conversation with your partner around money but more so creating an atmosphere like when you think about the word date you think maybe of candlelight or a uh, certain type of music and and I literally do that when so you're I like wanna, getting
0: sexy with your money <laughs>
1: getting sexy with my money into a certain extent so you like
0: candles when you're opening your bank statement well
1: not when I'm opening bank statements I have different ways in which I structure my money dates depending on what it is I'm trying to do so for pay bills and like practical pieces like that it's quick transaction Mm -hmm. I don't do a date around it but on a monthly or quarterly basis when I want to think about like my overall income and my goals and I want to do certain like projections uh, that's when I really create a date and I sit and think about money and reflect on the stories around it that I've grew grew up around so um, do like there is no one size fit all I, I definitely recommend that you create a ritual so there has to be different types of rituals some that are more practical that mm-hmm. you do like on a daily basis some that are more like vision oriented that you, you may do on a monthly quarterly or annual basis and each of those can have a ritual that simply helps you create a positive association with money and and whatever ritual you create so for me only because I find candles calming I, I I like to put aroma therapy I like to have certain types of music it helps me just ease the way I approach this topic
0: it's so interesting yeah. because I would never ever in my wildest dreams <laughs> ever think of doing those things but it is your environment and your set and setting yeah. does have such an impact on how you feel yeah so it's like you're retraining your mind to enjoy this yes As opposed to it's this, you know, awful thing. And I think why we really wanted to bring this topic, obviously, to the podcast and to all of our listeners is because it is so integrated into the movement that we are trying to build through conscious economics. When we start to normalize these conversations, Mm -hmm. we're able to really understand the colonial and patriarchal structures that have kept so many of us Mm -hmm. in this space where we're in that scarcity mindset, where we're avoiding, where we're not looking. And this is how we end up continuously not having those reins of power in our own hands the more that we can start to reclaim these pieces of our own lives the more we can start to transform society at large and Mm -hmm. to take kind of the the taboo and 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 the unknown out of all of these topics because many of us including me i was like well it, th- these are topics for like the the 1% to know mm-hmm. and and this is just not something that i you know need to know or or need to be informed on and that's so not true like mm-hmm. the more we can kind of reclaim our power the more that we can transform the system at large absolutely it's time to reframe the belief that money is
1: bad if you are a money avoider and you have that belief system challenge yourself by first understanding how did this belief start in your life? Where where was the seed born, where your association was created? And go out there and, and literally find examples that debunk this myth. I give this exercise for my clients all the time, where when I notice that this association is created, and I say, next time we meet, I want three names from you, of rich people that you actually feel inspired by mm. uh, that you look up to that you Oprah. feel <laughs> Oprah is definitely one of yes, them
0: absolutely well yeah. this has been so great and so again for anyone that's listening that is suffering from some of these things we do have an incredible membership it's really accessible it's really affordable and you can start your financial therapy journey with us with a seal i'm fully going through it <laughs> myself and um and yeah we just really want to be able to bring this yeah. message to everyone so thank you so much for tuning in thank you a seal for this thank great you. information
1: absolutely visit our website consciouseconomics.ca and we'll see you next time
0: This podcast is brought to you by RBC Investees. If you've been listening to the Conscious Economics podcast and you're ready to heal your relationship with money and start an investment portfolio, RBC Investees may be the perfect place for you if you're just getting started. Not only is RBC Investee's platform easy to use and requires very little to get started, you can start with as little as $100 and actually rely on the incredible technology and expertise of the RBC Investee's portfolio managers to ensure that you are having a product that is helping you grow your savings and investments without all the heavy lifting and confusing aspects that can be so daunting and quite frankly can make people feel like they don't want to do it at all.
1: RBC Investees is giving us a promo code
0: for all the Conscious
1: Economics listeners that waives their management fees for the first year. To take advantage of this offer, visit rbcinvestees.com and use promo code AA245 before July 31st to take advantage of this offer.